Try some more. Try. Try.
Hello, hello. Hello. I'm Claudia. And I am the loaf. And you're here with us on Tuesday night? Yep, it is Tuesday night. That much I know for sure. It is our 49th episode. 49! So close to a year. We're getting there. Yeah. We're going uh, to do something Wait. really special um, on the 52nd episode. Yeah. Okay, shit, I, s- I shouldn't have said that. Now <laughs> I br- I, we don't have anything we don't planned. Know, we don't know we're what actually it is wondering yet. <laughs> but uh, worst case scenario, we blow up the studio, uh, take hostages. I don't know. No, no, no. Nothing <laughs> like that. It was a joke. It was a joke. Don't keep the plot team. Um, no, we're, we're, yeah, we've, we've been doing this a minute. It's, it's fun, and we love to keep coming down here and doing this. But yeah, 49, uh, 49th episode, and that is the square root of seven. Seven by seven is 49. We live in a city that is seven by seven miles, so the loaf had the amazing idea. I, I did. I did the math, and the <laughs> seven by seven is is forty nine. San Francisco's forty nine square miles, so we're doing San Francisco, ah, San Francisco bands, um, of all sorts, me. of all sorts. Yeah. I, uh, well, I want to get back to uh, Claudia. Came through uh, and uh, rocked this set out. I uh, I came through and made it better. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm the reason y'all don't have to listen to Santana tonight. <laughs> so true. I mean, like, I'll I'll just put it that way. I was way. running out of San Francisco bands because we kept it really uh yeah, yeah. pretty well straight. We're trying not to like, like overlap with so many bands we played before. Although yeah. by the end of it, we 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 did not accomplish that at all. But whatever. If you don't like it, you don't you don't have to listen. Right. You can send us hate mail. Or <laughs> Oh man, I wish we could get. Ha- we gotta get started getting mail delivered here. Or hate yeah, mail. right. <laughs> it's gotta be like, w- have we, have we got one determined, you know, w- person out there that would like pick up a pen and paper to hate us. I would Dear feel Claudia so Claudia. validated. <laughs> but you know, you know, you you know, you're doing something good when you have haters. Yeah, you, know? you can send us letters like the vacation dedication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a little do a little research. See, <laughs> see where the where the message go. And uh, we'll, we'll be taking those requests next week yeah. for our <laughs> 50th show, the Big Five O. Oh, I haven't even told Claudia. This is news r- on live on the air next week. Five O, the Big Five O, right? So I'm thinking all songs about cops. Yeah, I'm down the for bi- that. Five O. Yeah. You know, six up. Yeah, yeah. I, I just <laughs> something that came to me. And there's a lot of songs about the police. So. Right. Plug them. Um. What well, anyways, we we got started off there with uh, the Grateful Dead, and that was actually one of my choices. I, yeah, I, that one surprised uh, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Pete says I want to listen to the Grateful Dead, we're starting the set off. It's a uh, easy wind. It was actually um, my old buddy Clay lives out in Noonan, Georgia. Uh, when I asked about um, earworms, you know, like what songs get stuck in your head for you know, was doing a little research for our show last week. He's like, I can't explain it, but this one always gets in my head. And it's so funny, we used to be in like this little hardcore punk rock band, and like we were both like, oh, the Grateful Dead. Well, suck it up, because that's not going to happen all the time. But there's a little easy win from Grateful Dead. Yep. From there, we went to the ballad of you and me and Puneel. Uh, Captain and Puneel? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Puneel sounds like a euphemism, like vagina <laughs> <laughs> or something like <laughs> Uh, stuck get, your get, your get your pineal checked out, you know. Can I smell? Can I smell? Can I smell your pineal? <laughs> uh, it must be my foot then. Uh, uh. So the ballad of you and me and pineal by Jefferson Airplane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And then we had Brig Mother and the Holding Company with Try. That one I would like to dedicate to uh, the Loaf and I lost member of our family this week, uh, our kitty Russell. And Russell hated the sound of Janis Joplin's voice. He did. I don't know what it was. Like, he would, like, jump up onto the, the stereo and, like, knock the arm off of the record, you know? And then he turned, <laughs> lear- like, figured out how to turn the stereo off. He'd be like, no, no. So it was kind of like a roommate agreement we had for years, but no. Now, basically, what she said, we could listen to Janis Joplin <laughs> yeah, in the house. Right. I mean, it's not, a, you know, we're going to be doing it all the time or anything, but it's, like, you know, knowing there's not going to be a vicious cat attack yeah, right. on the other side of it. So that one's going out to Russell, mm. which somewhere in the ether, he's like, really, bitch? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad his go- I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm glad we had him, you know, put to sleep at the humane society because if his ghost was at our house, he would be yeah, like, right. knocking. Oh my God, yeah, getting yeah. the Sharon Jones poster. Where is all this puke <laughs> coming from? Yeah, who keeps eating all this plastic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is apparently a thing. Cats like some cats yeah. like to eat plastic. Yeah, I, he I was a goblin for it. He was. Um, <laughs> Any way you want it, that's the way it is. Any way you want it, After Big Brother, we had Journey. We had Journey. <laughs> we had Journey. Um, one of the funniest things, like, I always, always talk about this old, old graffiti guy I used to hang out with when I used to fuck around with that shit and just have nothing better to do than walk around and get drunk and spray paint on the walls and shit. I used to hang out with this guy, and uh, his, 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 I say his graffiti name was Ether. He's, he's, he's a well-known piece of shit around these parts. But uh, w- one of the funniest is, uh, he would sometimes get just like unnecessarily violent, but one of the funniest ever, we were, I can't remember, it might have been Mission Bar, it might, I think it might have been, um, we were a couple places that night and drinking heavily. Might have been the, um, what's the one on, uh, anyways, it was, it was some bar in the Mission, and some guy, some Journey came on on the jukebox inside the place, and we were walking by, and this guy starts talking smack about Journey, and an Ether like just totally like grabs the guy by the lapel, starts shaking him and punching him, and like you don't talk shit about fucking Journey, man. <laughs> and it's like this guy just like all I've ever heard him put on like anything is like hip hop or whatever or punk rock, and he's like don't fucking fuck with Journey, man. San Francisco natives, oh, like whoa, dude, y'all, y'all. <laughs> Y'all claim serious about your journey. Y- 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 y'all claiming journey that hard? Uh, okay. <laughs> right. So I want to I want to I want to dedicate that one to Ether, <laughs> and uh, all of the U.S. crew uh, uh, while we're up and standing there. The whole, the whole crew. Any way you want it, that's the way. Oh. We close it out with uh, Steve Millibander and Jet Airliner. That was a surprise to me. I. Normally we don't have to research our music for the most part, like it's just kind of floating around. We did a little googling, but we had to do some googling for this one because uh, mm. we also wanted bands that were from San Francisco, not necessarily like transplants. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know from Pasadena, but made their start here or whatever, like yeah. really formed here. And Steve Miller Band was one of them, and I was like, I didn't know you knew that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they kind of stand out more as like kind of like a. Like a pop rock act, even yeah. though you know it's got hooks, it's got like some some rock into it, but it's still got like a poppiness to it. They kind of like was different than you know you, you wouldn't brand that kind of thing. Well, I think I it's because I I got a, into the Steve Miller band in Florida, living in Florida, so mm-hmm. I always associated it with that like kind of down home, like Leonard Skinner, like. I s- the only t- I yeah. saw them play. Well, saw I couldn't see them, but they they were playing at a state fair. 
it's kind of like kind of Steve Miller was in Florida. It really speaks to Florida people. <laughs> it, does, like, like it does. But I just assumed they were like somewhere down there. You know? I, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, let them have it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, like they need something. They they yeah. ain't got much, man. Like look at look right. look what they're fucking the the barrel they're facing down, man. It's yeah yeah. Let Florida have Steve Miller. <laughs> This DeSantis, a man who fucking if Steve Miller was governor, it'd be a little bit cooler. <laughs> Some people call me the governor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet we got some more music, huh? We do. We're coming up with some uh, Etta James, who was born and raised in the Fillmore. Yep. Something's got to hold on there. You know, between Rick. James, uh, James Hetfield, um, of all the James-related musicians, she's uh, I think one of the most talented. Yeah, I, I thought I had more of a list in my head right there. there was, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come back at the after the break and, <laughs> right. and yeah, yeah, should have wrote that down. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah, yeah.
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's an acronym. This Our show is called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hello, Carl. Hi, Mike. Hi, Carl. We are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube in its entirety in real time. You listen to the podcast and you watch the YouTube movie at the same time. We are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm as we do first every Sunday at 2 p.m. PST Pacific Standard Time. If you're a New Jersey guy, that's 5 p.m. Yeah. Hey, Carl from New Jersey. Yeah. And we are, well, you know, that acronym is very important. We have a podcast. You just type in our acronym, L W A F L M O Y T, and you'll get Let's Watch Full Life Movie on YouTube. And we're also on YouTube, on YouTube itself with the same acronym. Wow. And you know what? Muni Radio's Comedy Festival is happening in October. Just check it out. Go to mutinyradio.fm. There's a donate button there, too. Why don't you throw some bucks? You could do it at PayPal at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is this movie this week? What is this movie this week? This week, we will watch The Octagon, 1980. The We're going to watch an Octagon? octagon? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Um, one side. Two sides. Three sides. Four sides. I got. I got four more to go. <laughs> now the it's T A G O N 1980. The channel we like is Brett Koishal. It's, you're going to find, if you find a Brett channel, it's got to be it. The <laughs> Octagon 1980, Brett Koishau. Koishau. So Brett Koishau is hosting The Octagon 1980. As Carl said, go ahead to your YouTube search engine. Type in The Octagon 1980. You see a gentleman named Brett, or maybe a lady named Brett. Uh, go ahead. That is the channel. Hit the link. Hit pause when it's about to play. Move it to 000. When we say go... Hit play, and we're all going to watch this movie at the same time. We're really excited about the Octagon. You know, I've seen the Septicon, the, the prequel, and I'm like, oh. it really sets everything up. So I'm really excited. We have a celebrity comedian. Uh, talk to Carl with Carl's Septicon. Celebrity Comedian Countdown, which has four C's in it. Uh, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with... Chris Carfero! Welcome! Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Now, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. Most of the time, it's open mics, less than shows. And I think you're very new to comedy. Maybe there was a pre-pandemic time, but, uh, you know, in the, in the context of things, right, it's pretty new. Tell, tell me why you got into comedy, how you got into comedy, and how long are we talking about here? Sure. So uh, before the pandemic, I had one of my friends who thought he was funny come at me and say, hey, I'm doing an open mic. I know you love comedy. Uh, why don't you come out and uh, try it out? So me and him, we went to the, uh, the original stand in New York City. Uh-huh, the original first one, yeah. open mic, yeah. Um, that dirty, dingy basement. Yeah. I was like, we've made it. This is how comedy should be. And I told a story uh, about my dad, something I've told to all my friends, family, hundreds of times, you know? So I already knew that it was going to be a decent story to tell. And we got some laughs. But for us, we were like, first time we got laughs? Comedy's easy. Like, it's done. <laughs> it then really is. We went, yeah. Then we went back the second week, tried actual material, and just played to crickets. <laughs> so mm. I took a little bit of time off after that. Uh, I had to check the ego a little bit. But then um, – Was that Laughing say, Buddha? What's that? Was that Laughing Buddha? So, yeah, it was uh, early on in the Laughing Buddha. I don't think they had a formal uh, agreement yet with the stand. But now if you go to the stand, it's all Laughing Buddha shows right. as far as the open mic, um, which I like those people. They're nice. Um they let you on, and they, they give you some good encouragement. Those are always good mics to do. Um, but then I took a little time off, and then I really because missed it. Because of the it, pandemic? So. Because of the pandemic? or So that was in 2017. So I took about till uh, early 2019 to get uh -huh. back into it. I really needed some time to let that ego cool off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I went real hard um, on comedy, going all the open mics. Uh, I actually saw you for the first time. We didn't uh, meet then, but I saw you at uh, Scotty's Comedy uh, Cove. Yeah. And I saw you do the first mic flip. And I was like, oh, <laughs> comedy's more than just telling stories. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I hit up the scene a little bit, did a couple showcases in the city, uh, actually got uh, the industry room at um, 
Broadway Comedy Club. I won that competition. So I had a little bit of a residency. And then right at the turn of that, pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a scientist, uh, former scientist, I guess you could call it at this point. Well, you're between um, jobs, right? Right, you're right. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> you're educated. You are a scientist. Right. So literally, right, we hit the pandemic. I think comedy's dead. So I'm like, I might as well just double down on science because hopefully this is the only pandemic I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. I think it would be pretty good to get that on a resume. <laughs> so I did that. And did then, you do any um, Zoom shows during the pandemic? No, I literally just said, Chris, if you're going to do something, you have to do it all the way. Um, it looks like that's going to be science. You know, I didn't really have a lot of connections at the time in comedy. So I didn't know who I could ask where they were doing Zoom shows, you know, uh, where the uh, outdoor shows were. So right. I, I literally just said, it's time for you to be a scientist, time to help out the community. And then I was like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I need to get back into comedy. Now, you do a lot of jokes about growing up rural, right? Growing oh, yeah. up country. Tell me about that. Where did you grow up? How did this influence your comedy? And uh, what's the contrast now? Uh, I mean, we're, this isn't ur an urban setting, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell us about the difference. Of course. So uh, I grew up in Long Valley, New Jersey, which uh, if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's in Morris County, right up against the Pennsylvania border. Um, and I grew up right across from a horse farm. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty rural. Uh, I had like a quarter mile long driveway. Uh, so it's definitely different. I live in Hoboken right now. Yeah. And uh, just the the sound at night, I'm used to, you know, hearing like raccoons and, and deer and bear. Sure. And those things are what put me to sleep, you know? When I hear a siren, I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. gotta be an emergency. Exactly. But I feel like that has definitely uh, influenced my comedy, at least uh, up until this far. Uh, I mean, the great juxtaposition between where I grew up and where I uh, am living now. Plus, I also went to school in the Bronx at Fordham University. There's just so much that an outside observer who's never experienced any of this, mm -hmm. like you can just take in. I've never experienced Ubers until, you know, mm -hmm. probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So that whole experience is one thing that's still kind of blowing my mind. I don't understand how you could have a stranger just pick you up in a car. Now, from in Long Valley, still within 50 minutes, you're in the city, right? Yeah. I mean, and Morristown, that's, you know, I mean, you weren't so removed, right? right. Is it really so secluded? It's pretty crazy because I would say up until college, um, maybe a little bit in high school, I thought Morristown was the big city, you uh -huh. know, we pl I played football in uh, high school, we played Morristown every single year, and when uh -huh. we would go there, we were like, all right, are we going to have police escorts or something? It's pretty dangerous out there. Yeah, it's and dangerous then, in Morristown. Yeah, later on, I met someone from the Morristown football team, and uh, we actually had a cow walk across our football field right before a state championship, or not state championship, mm -hmm. state playoff game when we were playing Morristown. And they were like, we'd never seen anything like that. We were just waiting for a bear to come eat the cow. So <laughs> it wasn't just me. I always felt like it was just me projecting, but it's other people. It's, yes. uh, it's a whole new world. 
Okay, now I want to get to this movie podcast. You have a huge movie podcast. What's the name of it? Well, it's called The Huge Movie Podcast <laughs> because it's all-encompassing, right? So it's me, um, my friend from home, Connor Garrigan, uh, John Gallagher, a new friend, and Jack mm -hmm. Mayberry, our producer. What we're doing every week is we've taken the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time list, and we've put that into a giant bracket, right? So we use the seating from that to make our matchups. Um, and every single week, we take one matchup, we argue about which movie should be moving on, which one's best, we argue why that is, and uh, overall, we're hoping to see what the actual greatest movie of all time is, in our opinion. Gotcha. Um, we've had a very, very big disagreement with IMDb. Uh -huh. We hate Citizen Kane, as I've told you before. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most overrated movies there is. And it if is. everyone disagrees, come listen to the podcast, come comment, and I'll fight you on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rosebud, not uh, the most uh, revealing ending. Uh, I don't know, like we were talking in person, you know, it was um, – it was it was shocking to people at the time, and that made it very popular. And now it's gotten to the point. You're right; it's overrated, at least yeah. in my opinion. I'm with you guys there. A hundred percent. And you know, it's not to say that at the time these movies weren't good or on the cutting edge, but as one of the main theme themes we've been talking about, because we're still in the lower ranked movies, those yeah. tend to be the older movies that have fallen out of favor with people. We've noticed that the technology for when these old movies came out were cutting edge at the time, right? Yeah. It influenced a bunch of different movies. However, the movies that are being produced right now have taken what they've done, expanded upon it, and it's like anything. The old's going to come out and the new's going to replace it. Yes. Not saying that those weren't great movies at the time, but there's better stuff now because of those old movies. Yeah. So you can still have an appreciation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, Chris Cafiro, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Do you have a website? Do you have YouTube? Uh, is Instagram your haunt? H how can people s find you and find out what you're up to? So biggest two things, uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, both of those are at Chris Carfaro. Um, in Instagram and YouTube are both where you'll find the uh, podcast as well. Uh, the Huge Movie Podcast. Again, uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Topher Karf. So it's the end of Christopher and the first four <laughs> letters of Karf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, oh, that's so basically it. So people who are listening to the audio version know the last spelling of your last name. It's like Car, then Far, then an O. Car, yeah, Car, Far, O. Oh. <laughs> very nice, but it's Carfaro. It's Carfaro. Yes. Okay, now Chris. Chris Carfaro, everyone at home, poised to watch this film. Same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their device at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Carfaro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. I've been waiting for this. Here we go. Three, two, one. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for the Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Thank you, Carl, for producing, talking to that person, getting at everything. Carl's our producer here on the show. He's the theme song. He's synced up the movie. Oh, no. That's Chuck Norris.
That is Chuck Norris. Okay, okay. Oh in no. The I mean the octagon. The Edogon. Oh, no. Hey, speaking of octagon, I don't want to get out of here. <laughs> no, you can whispers like, with an echo, right? And that whispering echo is representing his thoughts, his thinking. And we'll hear that throughout. Wait, what is Chuck Norris thinking? Act. Well, you got to listen act. to his whispering. Chuck, act. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so what we have here is some recruits being ferried into some sort of camp, but they stop before the camp and go, I'm not going over there. And they go, all right, everybody, hit the road. They got to walk a mile down to the camp. The guys are so scared to even get close to it. Yikes. We have a motley crew of uh, international uh, mercenaries, apparently. Yeah, and they train at the Octagon. Oh, is that like a martial arts thing? Uh-huh, exactly right. As a matter of fact, it's a ninja thing. Oh, it's a ninja thing. Now, the thing is, ninjas are supposed to be, they dress in all black, so in the middle of the night, they blend in. But isn't this stupid? In the daytime, they're dressed in black, so they stick out? I don't see them. I just see a bunch of trees. I don't see any ninjas crouching. <laughs> are we doing a ninja count? I count two so far. Um, if you want to do a ninja count, okay. I, you only counted two because there were three in the trees. I only saw two. I clearly saw two ninjas. I didn't see the third one. Damn ninja. <laughs> now, in great, real great life, Octagon is at a place called Indian Dunes. It's by where you live in, in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I know the neighbor. My neighbor. <laughs> oh, damn it. This was pretty much all shot in L.A. It was all really? shot Yeah. Because usually they'll just find some god-awful place and just start shooting. Now, look, she is already in training. You saw her there, and she'll play into our film. And the rest of these are the new recruits. And that is Sakuro. You see him up there? Yeah, right. He's training terrorists. <gasps> He's the worst camp counselor ever. That's right. He is the worst camp counselor ever. He is Sakuro. Announcement. Oh. Oh. Rich person's house. Gated community. Hey, look. Knock, knock. Let me in. Well, goodness, it's not just a rich person. Why, it's a diplomat. Right. You can tell by the diplomat clothing. You're right. It's either a governor. Mm-hmm. This is In this rich neighborhood, they have babies, too. You could be walking your baby. Sure. Got to keep the legacy. Uh -oh. oh, no! Superman, help me. <gasps> hey, you uh, got your baby, baby in my car. Baby oh, no, it's not gun. a baby at all. <laughs> baby machine gun. So these are terrorists. Now, look. One thing that pisses me off about this film is Sakura's training them to do karate and be ninjas. So they bring machine guns? <laughs> it's such a big machine gun they gotta carry it in its own stroller they've got all this training for karate for kung fu and they've got oh Chuck Norris okay there here he comes is. the producer of our film Chuck is oh, sitting performing? next to AJ they're good friends here's the producer of our film in his cameo oh cute I got you a tree 
I wanted weed, not a shrub. She oh, excellent answer. And Chuck Norris likes the way that she used the martial arts in her dance. I couldn't help but notice the martial arts. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Can we listen to a little bit of Chuck? Because he's the worst actor, I think, ever. Yeah, he is. Good body, nice smile. Good body, nice Good smile. You can tell that by the way she moves. You should ask her out. Mm. I owe it to myself. There you go. Time for me to get something meaningful going. I'm tired of dating this space kid. Oh, oh. Did you call me? What did you call me? I called you uh, a NASA rocket scientist. So Chuck goes, I'll tell you about this, you know, I'll tell you if you're right later. A little more of Chuck's action and then we'll uh, put it back on mute. Okay, no problem. I enjoyed your I, performance very much. I enjoyed the performance very Thank much. you. <laughs> I enjoyed the performance. Oh, this Carl, this is called a newspaper. You should Google it. You don't know where it is, man. Google it. Oh, sometime this morning. Sometime this morning. <laughs> He's really bad. His, He's his really brother bad. is in this, and his son is in this. Now, his brother directed him in, like, Top Dog or whatever. His, uh, his brother works with him all the time. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. Right. And what I think is funny is his brother gets beat up a lot, you know, in this film. So it's like they're at Thanksgiving dinner, right? And Chuck is the big, hey, what's up? And then <laughs> comes in, hi, guys. You don't get, because he's always getting his ass beat. You think it must be a really awkward Thanksgiving dinner, right? Aaron's like, pass the peas. You're not going to talk to me, Aaron? No. <laughs> you kick my ass in the octagon. That's right. He's still pissed off. <laughs> okay, here we'll have some talk so we can do a little. This is the only thing I can drink. Unmute. Well, it's the salt that keeps me from throwing up. As long as it keeps me out of the bathroom, of course, when we're... Oh, you what? make me horny. Getting me that sweet, sweet table talk. Bother you, but not obligated to sit here. Isn't that sweet? Whoa. Oh, that's amazing. A talking tuxedo. <laughs> You're not obligated. <laughs> I have to be returned to the tailor at nine. This is the suit speaking. <laughs> Let's see, Michael. Oh. Uh, Aaron Norris, not Michael Norris. I think Michael is his son. Okay, yeah, Aaron son. Norris. Norris. Right? Yeah, he directed Top. So, you know, hang on. Let's talk movie history. Turner and Hooch, right? That begat right? what? K9, which begat what, what? Top Dog with Chuck Norris. He did his own thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, he followed the steps of Hank and Belushi, comma, uh, Jim. Right. And he became top dog. So he's the younger brother, okay? He's American okay. stunt performer, director, occasional actor, and film and television producer. So I don't know that Texas he directed. Texas Ranger. He was in he that. Probably did, he probably did, yeah, Walker. T uh, that was like a big moneymaker for those guys. Yeah. My friend Colin, uh, who uh, does sketches and impressions, he, he, okay, we wait, asked him to do it. Yeah. Okay, just letting you know they're coming home and he knows that somebody's in the house. Tuesday? You can tell by the suspense music. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, 
It's ninjas. Okay, you were telling me Laser Eyes, Colin. Yeah, Colin Laser Eyes. We had a show where I asked him to play Chuck Norris, and his impression was the most the worst actor in the world. Had not even didn't even do the cadence. <laughs> yes, it was really funny. Like I, I have to give his hat hats out hats up. One of his That's big awesome. hits, and it was before this film, was called Good Guys Wear Black. And of course, you know, in, in cowboy movies, good guys wear white and bad guys wear black. So that was the thing. So on Bunny Hutch, which was a show like Fishburgers, the precursor to it before I met you, yeah. I did Good Guys Wear Pink. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a precursor to our 1990s oh, public access show. No. Oh. In high school on store cable, which was TV, uh, TV, I forget what channel. Yeah, I, I did like only three or four of them. It was basically my high school friend doing fish. I love movies. it. Yeah. I would love to watch it. Damn ninjas! Can't they clean up after themselves? Okay, so so they walked in, and the ninjas were trying to kill the dancer. Uh, they killed the whole family. You see. This guy at the Octagon training camp fucked up, and he goes, that's it! You die! And your family! And they did it. But Chuck Norris killed all the ninjas. Damn it. I just click call. We just have to click call from Ninja. (laughs) Exactly. Sakura. See, what's going on here, Mike, is there's kind of like no such thing as ninja. Oh, okay. We will see a stagehand close the door. Watch. Okay. Well, a stagehand close. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy trapdoor. I'm scared of trapdoors. First off, I don't want to be shanghaied, right? Like, you got to be careful. You got to make sure you cover your drink at all times. Don't take any strain. Because you'll walk down this alley, and then you'll fall down this tra- trap and break your leg. <laughs> and next thing you know it, you're on a boat to Shanghai. Anthony Quinn does this joke about how he's just not a sexual being. He's not sexy, you know? So he's like, he would have to pay some guy to roofie him. And then he does this whole act out where he wakes up in the morning and goes, oh, oh, why? Why do I feel fine? Why isn't my butt hurting? What? what? I've been robbed. <laughs> Love Anthony Quinn. He's great. He keeps trying to get back on this show. He wants to do Iron Eagle, but it's not on YouTube. And he yeah. wants to do this other one. It's about a hockey team, and it's young Rob Lowe and other Oh, stuff. sure. I know this movie. Yeah, they shave his chest. It's Hang not on. on YouTube either, or we would have an Anthony Quinn appearance. You know, Iron Eagle cranked out a lot of sequels. Maybe we could find one. Yeah, that would. Mm, I don't know if it's a good enough excuse, yeah. though, because Anthony yeah. needs to be movie-focused. Right, gotcha. <laughs> these guys look like starchy and huts right he's got the starchy haircut that's aj look aj is like his partner in martial arts and friend and chuck is always like uh i'm not fighting anymore and it's because he hurt somebody by mistake and he feels bad about it okay now he was going home with the dancer and suddenly there are ninjas the dancers killed right and he's like what no. are you so out you knew her for 20 minutes you know? they killed i only knew her for five i can't believe she's dead yeah it's like, brother, brother. to the whisper ella umbrella ella. okay ella. now we're learning that sakura 
and Chuck Norris are brothers. And here's dad. <laughs> They're both adopted. This is like the hoardiest plot exposition. Well, the thing oh. is, like, Chuck became like a military guy. His name's Scott. His name's Scott in a bunch of films, actually. Sure, got it. His name is Chuck Norris. Great, Scott! Ooh, Great Dane. Great Poodle. Dane! So, um, the backstory is that, um, you know, Scott turned out fine, but Sakura went on to, like, use his training for the dark side of the force. Okay. Now, you know this guy? You don't watch Clint yeah. Eastwood films, so you probably don't know him. Right. Oh, it's Pat Hinkle. Hing Hingle? Hing Hingle. Oh, it's 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 Lee Van Oh, Lee Van Cleve. From the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Exactly right. That's why I know him. And he was in a he's lot also, of He's in Speed Zone. He's in the first opening scene of Speed Zone. He's really? Fishing. We saw that film. Was he yeah. one of the fishermen or whatever? Yeah, he's only he has a cameo in the opening credits. That's it. He's born in Somerville, New Jersey. All right, Lee. I knew he was okay, good. So now Scott Chuck Norris has encountered a ninja, which are, hasn't been heard of in years and years and years. So he goes to the only other guy he knows who knows about ninjas, besides AJ. The librarian. <laughs> no, McCarn. This is McCarn. He's like, what's up with these ninjas? What's going on? And he goes, I don't know anything. I love he, <laughs> He's Thank trying to. Thank you so sexy. What? Who's He's sexy? so sexy when he talks about ninjas. Tell me more about the ninjas. Go ahead, Carl. I'm sorry. All right. Well, let's just give All a right. second of. By the way, ransom for me now. Don't believe it. Oh, why not? Man only needs one good eye to shoot a weapon. That's not what I meant. I mean, you can I hear the leather chairs. What I meant. Thinking he's sour on that. <laughs> so happy being out of that. Martial arts competition, horseshit, it isn't even funny. Besides the way he sees it, is getting hurt. Towards will. So he's Looking saying, at... you heard a guy by mistake, but it turned out okay. And he's out of fighting, and he's with, he's religious now, and he thinks that, right. you know, everything's cool. He, he doesn't blame you. He thinks God did that to him to get him to believe. That's one way to do it. As a loser, I could I could kind of gauge it that way. God wanted me to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, Ghostbusters! Yay! He's well, nice first. Gay, and he's it's you know purse. what? Purse? He's gay. Yeah, his his man purse. <laughs> okay, so. He is one of the karate guys. You see his poster behind him, and AJ's up on the poster. And he's like, come on, what's up with Scott? Why doesn't Scott get back into the business? Come on. I want to fight that guy. He used to be pro-ninja. Now he's anti-ninja. <laughs> nice melons. She has great melons, and there's two of them. Nope. <laughs> this guy, um, his name is Kayo. You see the guy who's he's dressed up there, Kayo? Uh-huh. And you can't see who he is. And also, the people on set didn't know who he is. He's a guy named Richard Norton. He works with Chuck Norris all the time. Why would they know? Like, they're not a professional set? I think it... I don't know. It's supposed to be... Some, what is this? A lady in distress? Goodness! Goodness! Who are, you? Who are you, Mickey Spillane? Drive on. Look at that horrible, overcoated coat. It is warm out. 
How many owls died for that coat? <laughs> right. I see my cousin. Who? So Richard Norton was Kyo. He also plays a guy named Longlegs, who we will see his face. He's an actor and a stuntman. Um, they say Fighting Stars magazine ranked the climactic fight between Chuck Norris and Richard Norton as 13th on their list of 25 great fight scenes. Is that important, wow. 13th? Yeah, I mean, let me guess what the other ones were. Kramer versus Kramer got the 11 spot. <laughs> Armistead, the courtroom battle. Oh, okay, the informant? So she got run off the road, her tire's there, and he's going to push her back onto the road. But for some reason, she says, let me push, it's safer, because she has to go by the edge, by the cliff. So she's going to drive the car. And look what a badass she is. I almost think when she's like pricking him and driving away. I'm shocked he has a reflection. He's look at his smile. Ass. Yeah, look at that reflection. He's not a vampire. Now look, <laughs> when I first saw this film for the first time, I thought she was driving away. Fuck this guy! But no. Oh yeah. I guess that's a T-turn? It's like a V-turn. <laughs> That would kind of look like an O. Yeah. I bubbed your rear end. Wink. <laughs> now, look, he knows who she is. He knows her address. She knows he knows her address. It says, uh, oh, the return address says ninjas. Oh, by the way, Mike, just be funny. That's the director's car, that, that Jag. That's the oh, director's really? Yeah, and it's going to get fucked up by a mistake. <laughs> I hope he wrote it off on his taxes. I By mistake? Yeah, they're going to have an accident. <laughs> to save you money, hear... on the car, then right. got Well, we got to play the audio because you can clearly hear the director, right? <laughs> My car! God damn it! Cut. <laughs> Fucking cut! The shot's not done. I Fucking said cut! cut. <laughs> Fucking cut! Okay, now, he's driving off, and guess what? She's driving off with his keys. What's going on? Is this the movie? God. Uh, what was the point of that? The point was to meet a character who, whose husband was killed by terrorists, and now she's against them with all her money. And she funds things to kill terrorists. And, and she wants to trick Chuck Norris into finding Sakuro, who she doesn't know is his half-brother. Right. To kill him. And so she, this is her elaborate plot. He, oh, he can't kill his own brother. Unless it's Aaron. He can't kill Aaron? his own brother. Even if it, no, he wouldn't kill Aaron. <laughs> Now, Mike, it's weird. He's not pissed off that he had just had to walk this long-ass way because this woman took his... She's pretending right now that it was a mistake. She forgot. She left him in her purse. Oh, right. But she's got a big, like... Oh, she's going to ask him for help. Not yet, <laughs> but yes. I wish I had. Thank you. Thank you, servant. Let's see. Made to order. Here they are! Uh, uh, 
Please, uh, let me take you back. The hotel. Tell me proper. One condition. You don't drive. I do. Uh, one condition. One condition. You drive. Kit, drive us to the port. Uh, my car's not Night Rider. So now they know each other. Okay, look, here's AJ in some strange setting going, hey, yeah. buddy, how you doing? I got an assignment for you. And the guy's like, fuck off. And then we find out this guy's a terrorist, and AJ has decided he's not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. He's going to fight these terrorists. And Chuck is like, no, know your place. That's the cop's job. The government does that. There's a whole anti-ninja patrol. No, the ninjas are a separate subplot. Even though ninjas had been seen in society in our cult, pop culture before, this mm -hmm. was the movie that really made everyone think of learn what a ninja was, you know, and sell. Right. Uh, um, I mean, now you see kids dressed up for Halloween as ninja. It's very popular. I don't. Turtles. I don't see them. <laughs> I don't see the kids dressed as ninjas. <laughs> A glow-in-the-dark ninja set. You know, you get this Halloween costume. It's like a face of a ninja on the costume itself. AJ's going to get killed. Yes, I do. Oh, right. no. I just got used to AJ. Oh, he's not going to get killed. Somebody killed this terrorist dude. Oh, you think he's in pain? Ah, I'm in pain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh... Some acting. Now, remember, Chuck went to see McCarn. Uh, now, AJ's meeting McCarn. What's this? What's going on? I was trying to get information to find the octagon. Lighten this young man as to the complete uselessness of calling the police. My long friendship with his buddy Scott. You know Scott? And in general. Some intelligent information. So what McCarn is really trying to do now is recruit AJ. Interesting. Where so they were in a, some sandbag labyrinth trial thing by the port? Uh, they were in a warehouse. Yeah, but it looked like a maze. It's the just the, things stacked just, up on pallets. Gotcha. All right. Stacked on pallet and it sort of gives you I, the impression oh no yeah. oh no the car is in jeopardy the producer's car the director's car it's the director's car now what we're learning next okay so we're learning how she funded terrorists and they're after her and you know we're learning Harrison Harrison on my trail it looks like it, it was raining, but it wasn't. Is this Mulholland Drive? Is this King of the Mountain? No, no, this is not Mulholland Drive. This is not okay. King of the Hill. This, this is like, I mean, if it's California, the then yeah, I can, yeah, it's the valley. Oh, there, I know that around the hill was Texas. Oh no! Cut! Cut! God damn it! <laughs> you are fired. You are so fired. What did I do, boss? Oh no! Oh. Write it off on insurance. Totally. God, this is so weird. Where are they, and why is there another car waiting for them? 
okay, in the so middle of nowhere. He stole the keys. He walked home to her home to get them. He goes, yep. I'll drive you back to your car. And her like servant maid person is driving her car. So when he drops him off, she has a ride home too. Look at LA over there. Disgusting. Look at the smog. Seriously. Look at that smog. That's 1979, 80, right? Yup. This yeah. is shot December 79 into January of 80. He and was pretty popular back then. I mean, I know that he was in that Bruce Lee movie that, that kind of catapulted okay, him. Yeah, so Chuck Norris had two other – yeah, he, that's right. He got it, he got drafted into – okay, let me just tell you about him because you brought it up. He's like a black belt in Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and tang Do and judo, and he was in the Air Force. Okay, but then he started training like celebrities in Hollywood, and he got put into The Way of the Dragon, which was the Bruce Lee film, and he oh. fought Bruce Lee at the end, and that's how he became like everyone knew his name. That's right. Yeah. The Way of the Dragon. Yeah. That was his – I don't know if it was his debut. He had little things, but yeah, he didn't really care about acting, and it was some guy – Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, who he was training, said, you should be an actor, and he goes, ha, ha. So he was in Good Guys Wear Black in 78. He was in Breaker Breaker in 77. This is his sure. fourth film as a star. And this pretty much set the template, right? There's ninjas. Chuck Norris comes in. Well, yeah. he did a lot of, like, Invasion USA movies. So he had a uh -huh. machine gun. He wasn't really... Well, yeah. As the 80s went on, things like Rambo and Reaganism and uh, the Falkland Islands. No, that's not right. Uh, Grenada. We had a few skirmishes, right. Beirut. And it was like, yay, America. And he just rode that bandwagon and did... He's anti-terrorist stuff anyway. I would recommend that Canon Pictures documentary, Electric Boogaloo, because he did a lot of movies in the 80s for the production Canon films, Golden Globus. Israelis. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of helped his career. Mm -hmm. I know another one of his movies with Joe Piscopo. Did you ever see Sidekicks? Oh, you know, he, I didn't see the full film Sidekicks, but I saw all these clips from it. Every single Joe Piscopo one, he was fucking hilarious in that film. Yeah, he was really good in that movie. Yeah. I, yeah. That was like uh, Chuck Norris had a sidekick piece on the side. <laughs> I the didn't side see the film, but... Well, he kicks, and he's also buddies of a guy. I think it's a kid has, like, an imaginary friend who's Chuck Norris. Oh, Or something okay. like that. I don't know. It's a kid's well, movie. I got to... Yeah, he's like in a class, and Joe Piscopo's the teacher of the op, the dojo that's opposite them. Yeah, the Septagon, smaller, smaller yeah. budget. The Five Dagon was. Five Dagon. We couldn't afford an octagon. We're not doing a quadragon. It's a square. I, t you know, people are like, is that a pentagram? I go, no, no, that's satanic. It's a fiveagram. <laughs> that's a fiveagram. Okay, so. Chuck is spying now, and he was almost detected, but they didn't detect him. But what he he's spying on McCain, McCarn, McCarn, and what he sees is the car, the Trans Am that chased them, the red Trans Am. Obviously, yeah. McCarn was the one trying to kill Justine. Why? Why? Lee Van, Lee Van Cleef? Yep. 
That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because he fights the terrorists. There's the Trans Am. What the fuck? See, he he fights the terrorists. So why would he be trying to kill a woman who fights the terrorists? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, unless (laughs) Chuck Norris is the worst actor ever. But this scene, he is the best that Chuck Norris can be. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna play some audio, and this is good acting. From Chuck Norris. Take it away, Chuck. What's your involvement with McCarn? And don't say Mac who. McCarn. The two bodyguards that I hired are McCarn's men. So are the guys who chased us this afternoon. My guess is that you hired them too. Yeah, hired okay. them to chase it to let Chuck Truth Norris a single drink? Think drink. that she is. Well, it's you all have a personality. I have to manufacture. Come on, that doesn't wash. I know. Doesn't make I any sense. Confident looking cheekbones. No, you have no cheekbones. Truth. Ah, look, see that? Well, originally, I planned to hire you, and McCarney assured me that that was. reacts to her sentences. He's doing a good job here. He's doing a good He's reacting, you're saying. Yeah. He's no. responding. He's listening to his acting partner. Why? That's so terrible. <laughs> because he <laughs> trains bit. terrorists in the ninja <sighs> techniques. Silent style of killing. You don't have to tell Chuck Norris what a Actually, ninja is. Actually, there's three men. Madonna, uh, he almost looks interested when he said ninja. Chromus in Greece. That's right. His, you saw his eyes move. However, this is, it did. And Chromus were the recently retired. For only Chuck Due Norris, the fact that they were this team would win the Oscar. Act. React. Yes, I had something to do with that. In one case, I supplied the money, and in the others, I uh, Gave the supplied the information. Okay, so I, I funded terrorists, no, all right? Mike, here comes his best line. Well, I had hoped to entice you into taking a personal interest in things. That's an insult to both of us. It makes me stupid. You a whore. Well, perhaps <laughs> that's why, in a way, I'm glad it didn't work. Glad you're glad. I'm glad you're glad. Why? That's it! Well, don't that you is get the your best integrity. acting we're going to see. For your consideration. <laughs> that makes you, me stupid and you a whore. I mean, he's not wrong, but the way he said it, it's kind of like it's it. Tacky. It's call women. No, she just said to him, Michael, that she was going to try to, ha- you know, seduce him so that he would be a sucker, fall in love with her, and then fight her battle for her. And he goes, that makes me stupid because I got tricked. And you a whore because yeah. you're screwing for not for love. For, for services rendered. So this is the most dumb scene forever. You're at the other end of the bar. Nothing to do with anything. Where are the nuts? Joy of my life. The nuts are always at the other end of the bar. What do you mean? That had nothing to do with anything. Nothing it's the most memorable anything. scene in the movie. Is there like he shows up at the end credits, right? Oh. <laughs> can, I, can I have my notch? The Guy movie's over. Where's my notch? <laughs> this is the story of my life. Okay, the and first the picture of the '80s popular ninja movie Cycle, which was released in blah blah blah. Before Enter the Ninja in '81, in 1967, James Bond movie You Only Live Twice. Okay. And Sam Peckinpah's 1970 
seven film, The Killer Elite. Uh huh. I seen that. That's a great one. They both had ninja characters. So ninjas a real thing in this real world, but in terms of making it a popular in our pop culture, this American is the movie culture. that did it. Yeah. So this movie begat American Ninja, American Ninja Two, American I, Ninja I in Paris. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. This movie was a hit. Everyone was like Ninja this and Ninja that, and yeah, people exploited that to get ticket sales. I had a Ninja co brand coffee maker, and it would heat preheat the water before brewing it. Uh huh. And then uh, I know they have air fryers. Ninja brand. I have I have their blender. Uh -huh. I have a lot of Ninja products in my kitchen. There's Ninja. They blend. I can't find it. I smell the coffee. <laughs> so what's going on here is basically AJ's like, I'm fighting terrorists now. <laughs> and, and Chuck Norris is like, what the fuck for? What does it have to do with you? You don't even know somebody who died from a terrorist. You have nothing to do with it. He's like, well, I'm tired of sitting back. <laughs> that's the California lifestyle, right? Next thing you know, you're fighting terrorists. Yeah, that's right. Remember you told me the old guy that adopted you said you could never go back? Your dad. <laughs> the old guy who adopted you? You mean my dad? Long time. Yeah, my maybe dad. he's a part of the Yakuza. Now I'm thinking maybe the ninja. There's no dark side. My father's nature, AJ. Okay, Scott, have it your own way. Fine. So what he just suggested is maybe your father, who's one of the only people who could know anything about ninjas and make them work for us here. Those palmas. Dude, but I know exactly where that is. <laughs> yeah. Terrorist wanted. Hello. I'm just a regular uh, innocent terrorist person. Hi, I'm calling about the classified ads for being a mercenary. Hi, if you're calling for the classified ads for being a mercenary, unfortunately, yes, all positions have been filled. God damn it. Damn it. Why did it even print it? You already had the job filled. Have a little mercy. Mercy. Don't you hate it? You get the classified ad the classified ads in the newspaper. The job's already filled, right? You see a ninja wanted, mercenary needed, and you yeah. give them a call and they're like, Yeah, the position's already filled. It's like, well, why'd you even advertise in the classifieds? <laughs> Ow. Ow. Stop stick it to me. Okay. This is Frenchy. This is a kill. This is a kill. Apparently, this is right out of Spartacus. Training the gladiators. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I did see Spartacus, but. Yeah, I have not seen Spartacus. I have not seen Spartacus. Frenchy is like, fuck it. Fuck this camp. I'm the fuck out of here. It's full of failures. <laughs> I do not intend to add to their numbers. But they're both mech. How the fuck are you? What are we, Canadians? I don't speak French. Montreal! It's Montreal! It's Montreal! Le stomach de ouf! Say it in English! Say it in English! I said. Can take this place and stick it. That's English. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You can sh take this job and shove it, is what he says. Yes, that's right. He can take this job and shove it. And now he will be killed for his insolence. Really? He has insulin? Uh, oh. I did not expect this. Released this film, but when it went to DVD, they took that out. Him getting, getting, they took out all throwing stars and nunchucks from the, I guess kids were. Getting kids were into it. Sure. And they took out the scene where Chuck Norris eats a Tide Pod. <laughs> Look at that. It octagon. Was... Dr. Octagon. You Cool Keith, Dr. Octagon. Big fan. Now, this film is very low quality in terms of its filming. You see that? Like nothing. I'm trying is... to figure out where this is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The inside, no, I mean... outside shots. Right. The thing is, if it had a budget, yes, it would be a Los Angeles street just like that. But they would have, like, put in extras, made it nice cars, the streets all wet, the lights shine on it. You know, they would have done a visual. But not this film. This film just says, roll them <laughs> wherever they I are. We're filming in the square dance place today. Roll them. Yeah. I, I have to say, when films are shot in Los Angeles and it's not really a big deal... The, the city kind of becomes a character itself, right? Because yeah. you get to discover new locations and everyone's kind of lived into it. Uh, so walking I, across. Okay, that's Chuck Norris's brother in the middle. Oh, really? Is that Saren, the famous Aaron Norris? That's Aaron, right. Yeah. And this other guy, I know him from Repo Man. His name's Tracy Walter. He's been in a million things. I love Tracy Walter. He was Frog in Best of the West. Can we hear Tracy? I love his voice. Yeah. Give it to me. Give him a chair. Let him sit. Love him. You don't like your brother, do you, dude? More like you John jealous. Wayne. You ever see him in Repo Man? Sure. Yeah. John Wayne was a pig. He came to the door. He what? John, what the... how dare you? Why do you want to the hell he is. Oh, good. <laughs> um, you remember him in Batman? We need some background. He was the, the henchman. Yeah. Bob. I saw him in a Rob Zombie movie. I think it was called 32 or 31. Uh -huh. It's basically people are kidnapped and then serial get chased by serial killers while rich people watch it's not the greatest movie but mm -hmm. uh big surprise you know he has a tendency of putting on genre actors even if they're really super old and that was the case with tracy walter he had mm -hmm. his memorable scene in it but he was wicked old like yeah older than you usually see him in films i mean right you know him, you know him like from here this kind of weaselly little guy yeah uh he would you would know him from Serpico, Jimmy Hall, Hardcore, Rumblefish, Repo Man, Conan the Destroyer at Close Range. Yeah. Oh, by it the way, a... that's one Anthony Quinn recommended, like not Conan the Destroyer, the famous one. Like apparently there was a Conan the Barbarian film. If it's on YouTube, we could do it with him. Is it the Arnold Schwarzenegger sequel, or is it a yeah. different? It's, different I actor? think it's not a sequel. I think it's the first one. Huh. I think. Um. Listen, uh, Tracy Walter was is from Jersey City. Yeah, Jersey oh. represents Lee Van Cleef and Tracy Walter. Yep. Dog, going to say. 
super interesting. What's Doggo gonna do? Boy, he acts he acts better than his brother. What is with this guy? <laughs> Look, <laughs> he never calls me back. Let's... This is that oh, comedian this guy. Carter. Is that Pat Hinkle? No, that's Jack Carter he's in. Uh Sharky, yeah. Jack Carter is uh this comedian. He was born in Brooklyn. He's got like he's like a Milton Berle kind of comedian. He's very famous. I thought yeah. I think you might have seen him in that um film The Banana House. What was it called? The The Guy Goes to LA to The, the Mad and the Nut House? The Nut the House. Mad the Madhouse. Oh, you, the one shot in Canada where it's supposed to be the Los Angeles comedy scene? Exactly right, yeah. Yeah, the Nut House. That was a weird one. Well, I, I think we might have seen him in that as the father of that guy. He was That's like, right. Oh, right. He was, he was the old school Vegas comedian that the new right. comics hated. Yeah. Okay, now we're seeing a flashback to what happened between Sakura and Chuck Norris and why... They don't talk anymore. Well, I we were watching Ninja Warrior. Chuck Norris is going to win, and then Sakura is going to be like, you fucking cheated and try to take his prize. And then the father disowns Sakura. Oh, and then Sakura goes into the dark side. And this is 18-year-old Michael Norris, Chuck's son. Oh, in the flashback? Oh, no, as the, as the half-brother? Ask your brother's forgiveness. Wow. I ask nothing. He needs a mustache. Prove to me you deserve it. They talk like he thinks. Like that echo. Yeah, Howard. What the fuck? You have broken the discipline. Out of my you house. Get out. Get out. Get out. Forward, your name will not be spoken in my presence or in my also, home. Also, you're 18. Get the fuck out of here. Totally. <laughs> right. You're 18. So he goes, never seek him out. Never. Never. Do it. You never seek him out. Okay. Do not like kill him. No matter what some rich old lady says. Right, exactly. Um, eldest son of Chuck Norris. Eight, 1986 film Born in America. 1991 huh. Delta Force. Okay. He directed and starred in the 2009 film Birdie and Bogey. I don't know that. But that's a recent film. That's this century. Yeah, it's two thousand. Right. He also produced and directed Maggie's Passage and I Am Gabriel, if you know those. Haha, you said I Am Gabriel. <laughs> I Am Gay. Briel. Briel. I said Briel after. Too late. A nice little place. So she's trying again, trying Often again. I'd like to Come finish. on, kill a ninja. The kind of pain that I'd be causing you when I told you about Sakura. And there's a part of me that is a bit ashamed of that. Oh, yeah? I'd like to believe you. But you're a liar. But don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Try another tact. Is that Woo! one of those famous Chuck Norrisisms it's we all quit. heard about? If Sakura. Chuck Norris doesn't have to blow on soup to cool it down. Remember those? Chuck Norris has, uh, yeah, lots of catchphrases. Uh, malparisms, I guess. Uh, he's very famous. He's this famous oh, like a, Jer uh, like a Yogi Bearer type of... Right, uh, or a Ringo. <laughs> yeah, or a Ringo. 
but he also there was a early internet meme where they was talk about tough man Chuck Norris and they'll say Chuck Norris doesn't cross the street the street crosses <laughs> Chuck Norris or whatever <laughs> right 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 um there was once uh like a commercial for a soda like guys were making fun of Chuck Norris on the internet and then it cuts to like a movie action scene where he finds them and chases them and <laughs> ties them up. And you see on the internet, he's like doing the same thing. He's like kicking them, kicking the other one. Kicking. Oh man, that's every boy's dream. <laughs> kicking the ass of your internet haters. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess what, there was 18 seasons of Walker, Texas Ranger. I don't million. know how many seasons there. I should have that in my research. There were a lot. It wasn't eighteen, of course, but that was a it big was... money maker for him, and and it it prolonged him being. Yeah, and his brother worked on that show too. I mean, it was a very productive. And I guess there's a new series. There's a they revived Walker, and mm -hmm. it's going on strong now today. Oh, it's I didn't so... know that. Yeah, well, you know, did you know there's a Hawaii Five-0 reboot for the last eight years? Yeah, I didn't ever see it, and it doesn't seem, I don't know. It seems okay, but, you know, I don't so think I ever, I didn't like the first one. Uh-huh. The thing is, why do it if it has nothing to do with the original? That's what I've never gotten about these. You know, why don't you just make up your own thing called Hawaii Police Force? I mean, it just, Well, I mean, I, I like Dragnet. And if they redo Dragnet with Ed O'Neill, I'll probably watch, you know, I'll watch one episode or two. But in Dragnet, they had that dry style of we're agents, just the facts, sure. man. So you would expect them to do that. I mean, why remake it if you're just going to – yes, you can modernize it, but it still needs to have a sense of – Don't you think it's like there's some kind of cynicism? We watch a lot of movies that go into the public domain, and part of the reason yeah. is that they don't reuse the property. And so after a certain year, you know, after a couple decades, the monsters go into public domain. But if you make right. a monsters movie, you keep the copyright. Yeah, mm-hmm. That makes okay. Some lesson. Did you see Black Dynamite film? I do. I love that movie, and I okay. I love the cartoon. And it, Black Dynamite did a like they did a retro black exploitation look and feel to the movie, right? Then right. you can see Starsky and Hutch, like it's. It should have had that. It, they should have taken us back to the seventies and taken us to that show. Did you That's see Huggy really... Bear? He was like a pimp guy, right? Huggy Bear in the original thing was a washed-out loser heroin guy who they got information from on the street. These people never even Vargas. watched Starsky and Hutch. Well, I mean, it was Snoop Dogg, wasn't it, in the movie? Yes. Uh, yeah, played Huggy Bear, so it was kind of a stunt casting. Yeah, I agree with you. Like Black Dynamite, one of the reasons that that movie works so well is that you can't tell where the parody ends and and right. the actual movie begins. That's it's right. so on the nose. Yeah. Whereas like the Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Starsky and Hutch was just you know irony on display. You know, it was, it was them to be in a ninety minute movie and you laugh at it and you don't right. really remember it. And so, like, why know? call it Starsky and Hutch? Why not call it like Police Buddies? You know. Well, because you want to see your favorite show on this big screen. You want the big screen adaption of, of Chips or, or Starchy and Hutch. Yeah. You know. You do, and that's why, you know, that's how they sell the tickets. I'm just saying you can have that and really yeah. do Starsky and Hutch. Okay, so what Chuck Norris has done is he's 
finally infiltrated himself into the terrorist thing, and he's finally. now going to the octagon. So right now they're at the duocon, the bygone. <laughs> he's got to step his way up. He's at the couple con. <laughs> yeah, couple con. Let bygones be bygones. Oh, the bygones down that street. This is the octagon. <laughs> this is the octagon, not the bygone. Okay, now, this woman who we've seen throughout being a trainee, he's now realizing this isn't really sort of like a mercenary thing. These are really, they're training us to be terrorists, and they don't, it's not just a job. They're killing people. Um, they're doing horrific she wanted to be a mercenary like, you know, the Ecuadorian army hires, you know, 500 mercenaries to fight the rebels. He didn't want to, like, be the ones hijacking planes and killing diplomats. Right. She well, is that's a rogue. That's the problem about those newspaper classified ads. It's bait and switch, right? It says yeah. be a mercenary. You're baited into be a mercenary, and they switch it, and you're a terrorist. Yep, that's right. That is what happens here, even though you're making a joke of it. Okay, now, you remember Kayo, who's the guy who's, like, all ninja'd out, and you can't see his face? Is he on the screen? I can't see him. That's oh, yeah, him. right, right. That's him, That's him, in, him? in real life. Um, Wearing a wig, right? I don't know. His name is That's Long hair. Look at that hair. I wonder if he had a mask on. <laughs> he was embarrassed. <laughs> um... Uh, as Kayo, he's completely mute, mute and never mute and never speaks during out the. And he's still a better actor. When Richard Norton Longlegs was kicked in the groin by Chuck Norris, he grabs himself and self and yells, "Oh shit!" Norton said himself said that when he when he was assisting on the set of the Blues Brothers, John Belushi said. When you get kicked in the ball, say, oh, shit. So that's why he does it here. Oh, a little Belushi in here. Okay, so let me turn yeah. up. I want to hear the seem... nuts being kicked. I can't seem to do it. There it is. Jeff Kemmer? <laughs> I'm sorry. He goes, I heard about ninjas. You got any ninjas? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking it's about. Too bad. Not necessarily. Because, like, you can't be a terrorist. Give us a little show. Let us see what you're supposed to be so good at. Oh, That's yeah. Doggo. Some other time. Oh, so the job interview, they have to fight? Well, no. That's just a special thing. He tells you. Say, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Oh, here we go. Oh, shit. It's still not believable. John Belushi didn't walk this world. He would have never said, oh, shit, in this scene. Gone too soon. Imagine what other advice Belushi right. would have given. That's right. When you fall off this cliff, I want you to say, oh, fuck. Look, look into the camera before you look back into the window where the girls are undressing. Trust me. <laughs> Done. Look, Texas walking. Texas walking that ranger. So what happened here now is, okay, she sees the name, Scott James. He was pretending to be somebody else. 
but they're on to him and that's why they're like no we refuse you you can't be a mercenary do they know he's the half brother certain people do like this guy doggo he's one of like the (laughs) he's equivalent to sakura he supplies terrorists and mercenaries for the terrorist group as one does Movie has nothing to good doggo, very nice doggo. Good doggo, nice doggo. Okay, now AJ, they hear a car backfire, right? So Justine is like, Oh my god, I thought they were going to kill me. Let me pretend to get my composure back. She's trying to manipulate AJ. Gotcha. Are you having a ninja flashback? A a flash ninja? Ninja back? (laughs) Look how bad her acting is, man. But the thing is, she's supposed to be lying, so maybe her acting's really good. Yeah. Right? Right. No, I agree. It's complicated. A lot of layers, like an onion. And look at AJ falling for it. Just hold me. Hold me. Don't let let the hair touch. You guys are never going to unlock with that hair touching. Physical media, please. Here you go. He just bought some peanuts. Oh, goodness, if it isn't McCarn. <laughs> McCarn just pops out of nowhere. <laughs> Can't you see I'm trying yeah. to eat some peanuts? You ninja fucker. Get back into things. You're not the ninja blame. Sneak. You have to fight your way out. That wit or wisdom? <laughs> How long has it been since you've been playing with those research groups? Well, the kind of research I do is not exactly play. <laughs> what a years is that a wit or a wisdom this is more of the same this is like come on back to the game be a fighter again and try to help me take down these terrorists come on i mean the interior is beautiful i guess it's a bit more but look at that it looks cool i mean they do good locations too right um griffith park yep um that was those like hillside car chase scenes. Uh, I told you about the octagon. It's the size of a football field. It's in Indian Dunes, Los Angeles. Um, no, I don't have it in front of me, but I... yeah, no, it's. I mean, like, it's yeah. cool. It looks. Look at that background. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, see, this is this is what I was saying. Okay, before when it was being contrasted with just a drab LA street. He was supposed to be meeting in a seedy part of town, you know, getting interviewed for mercenaries. Maybe it's okay what the director did there, and it was a purposeful choice. I don't know. Right. Are they getting lunch? Is this the cafeteria line for mercenaries? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Guys, can you stop fighting? Stop I'm fighting. Slop. I'm getting my slop first. Man, they really are love that slop. Now here's that same guy who just said oh shit when he got kicked in the balls, but a lot of people don't know who it is on set. Really? Despite the limping? <laughs> ah. Hassan! Oh, he's got... ah! Those things are pretty badass. Oh yeah, the trident? Yeah, the trident. Because, look, you can use a sword-trident combo. Yeah, this was the first uh, movie to have an octodent. 
Is it fun? Oh, the Octomom. Remember the Octomom? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's in the news. That's what they call it. Okay, now we're going to have like New York City, right? And it's going. This is really kind of accurate. It's like when you go up into one of those. It used to have like um, there would be Hasidic Jewish people selling cameras or selling uh, furs or selling. Right. This would be a real. It would be on the like fifth floor. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, like in um, God. Like if you need to go buy a movie light, you would go to New York and go to the eighth floor of, you know, Fifty Seventh Street, and it'd be a place like this. He's not Hasidic, though. My experience with those was though. No, but it's like a shabby little office. I'm sorry, but this crow's outside the studio. It's killing me. I don't know if you've been hearing it. Fuck! Hey, shut up, you! We're going to have this episode's going to just have crows in the background. <laughs> okay, so somehow we don't see it in our plot, but Chuck Norris finds out that this guy funds Sakura. So he wants to know where Sakura is. And basically, it's be a dead end. How many fur coats have I seen in this 1980 movie? <laughs> they, um, the worst fashion back then. Wait a second. I said New York, but we're in yeah. Los Angeles, of course. No, no, but the, the exterior was New York City. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> they, they had, like, a, a street shot where you can clearly see, like, I think it says New York on one side. Well, you know, I um, saw this film maybe, this is four or five. Wow. Because one of the times was extremely absent-mindedly. It was just running in the background. But um, I never thought to myself, I always knew that this was in New York, but I never realized, hey, wait a minute, this film's in Los Angeles. So they must have, I mean, it looked like a New York City exterior. He's following the money. Let's hear Justice is for young men. He said, yes, Besides, I used to fund them, but... Terrorists are crazy. 